attention. What do you focus on in an ordinary day? What are you giving your attention to in an ordinary day? What do you focus on? The natural tendency of mind is to focus on our problems, our strategies, and our plans. To focus on the people in our life and the movement to fix or change them. Or to focus on our circumstances and the movement of mind to fix or change our circumstances. That is what we normally focus on in everyday life. The mind swings from the past to the future and we strategize and we struggle and we fight and this is the nature of samsara, the great ocean of suffering, the great illusion of life, the karmic wheel of birth and death. This is the nature of samsara and as long as you believe that you are your body that you are the doer that you are in control that you are in charge of your life of your destiny then I guarantee you will suffer this is the nature of suffering is the belief that you are the doer and you must plan fight and struggle Most great masters from the beginning of time have recognized that you cannot solve the problems of life at the level of the problem because there is no end to problems. You fix one problem, another one pops up, another one arises, right? You get your life all straightened out and something unexpected happens and your life is a mess again. Life is messy, right? and we tend to focus on the mess and think that if the mess would go away or if we could fix or change our circumstances then we would be happy most people want happiness, peace, security and love But the focus is on the problems and what's in the way of that, right? So when you first find yourself in satsang, you've recognized on some level that your strategies and plans have not produced the happiness that you long for, lasting happiness. Maybe you've had moments of happiness, but mostly you've been suffering. So you come to satsang looking for the happiness that enlightenment promises. But you also want to get rid of your problems. But the problem is the problem and the deep belief that you are the doer, that you are the one in charge, that you are the one in control. This is ego. So satsang has a very mysterious power 
It is infused with the grace and power of God, the omniscient presence that is alive in your own heart. It's not a lecture. It doesn't give you a teaching the way we normally think of a teaching, right? Where you learn things that you can use later. The purpose of satsang is to annihilate the sense of me in the body, right? The sense that you are this me, this body. It annihilates the ego. It cuts through the root cause of all suffering. That's the nature of satsang. But if you want to free yourself from problems, you have to stop and surrender. And all great masters have recognized that surrender is essential. Without surrender, there is no possibility of the direct realization of who you really are. You have to surrender the feeling that you are the doer, that you are the one in control. Not to a guru or a teaching or a master teacher, but to the omniscience in your own heart. This is the one and only guru, the omniscience of your heart. This is the sat guru. So you surrender your problems to the omniscience. You say, God, I'm done. I'm tired of suffering. I'm tired of all these problems. And you give your problems to the omniscience in your own heart. And what that basically means is that you are no longer going to give your attention to the problems. The problems belong to your body. And the body is governed by the law of karma. It came here to fulfill a karmic destiny, a karmic purpose. Your body will fulfill whatever that purpose is. And as long as you're identified with the body, you will continue to suffer. This omniscience in your heart is not governed by the law of karma. It is free of everything. It is not bound. It is your true nature, which is causeless joy. The stateless state of happiness that lives in your own heart. But to realize this for yourself, you have to stop and surrender your control. Surrender this me to the infinite realm of your heart and actually consciously say, God, I'm giving you my problems. I'm no longer focused on that because the body will take care of whatever it needs to do. It will do it without your participation. And the mind objects to this and says, no, I must participate, I must plan, I must strategize, or I will die. I'll lose my house, I'll lose my job, I'll end up being a poor beggar in the street, right? This is the fear that naturally arises in mind, because the purpose of your mind and egoic identification is to keep you alive. But when you're willing to surrender and stop, then you can examine this me much more closely. 
What is this sense that you are the body, this feeling I am me? Where does it come from? What is it really? What is it made of? And when you start to do the work of this kind of inquiry, which is the effortless effort of observing where this feeling of me comes from, where does it arise from? And the core question is, who am I? And in the West, often the question, who am I, is misunderstood. And the natural tendency of mind is to focus on the answers that arise. And if you've read a lot of spiritual books and been to many different teachers and read about different lineages, then you know the answers, right? And the mind can trick you, the ego can trick you, because it does not want to be annihilated, right? The mind and ego does not like self-inquiry because it represents its annihilation. And from the perspective of mind and ego, that means death. It means death of the body. So there can be a huge resistance to surrender. It can evoke a kind of fear. If you're not in control, if you're not planning, what will happen? What will happen to you? What will happen to this me, this body, right? So there has to be this willingness to stop and examine and give your attention to the source of me, which is what the question, who am I, is meant to reveal. But if you focus on the answers, even the most sublime answer that the ego can provide because you've learned it. I am the omniscient presence of God. I am freedom itself. I am the happiness I've been seeking, right? If you focus on what the mind is saying, then you've missed the whole point of inquiry. It becomes a mental spin that has no real value. So the purpose of inquiry is to discover that you are the omniscience alive in your heart. So when you ask the question, who am I, whatever the mind reveals, it's not it, right? You stop and you wait. When the mind gets active again, you say, who is this I? right? Who is the who that's inquiring? Who is the who behind the feeling of me? Where does this me come from? And you turn your attention to the source again and again. And then the omniscience reveals itself once your mind is purified with the practice of inquiry, which is returning your attention to the heart to the source of the feeling, I am me. Right? So you repeat the question, and this generates a sacred fire that burns through the egoic identification, the genetic mind. And then there's a moment of realization that can be experienced like a flash of light or falling into a void.
a vast empty space. And there is the direct realization that you are the omniscience in your heart, not as someone observing that omniscience, but that you are the omniscience. And there's no words for the happiness, the joy, the causeless joy that you are. And the more that you recognize that you are the omniscience and give your attention to the omniscience, the less and less whatever the body is doing grabs your attention. It doesn't bother you anymore. And if something does bother you, then you ask, who is bothered? Right? To whom does this come? Who is this who? Who is the seer, right? Which is deeper than name and form. And the more and more you give your attention to this vastness in the heart, the less and less you will be bothered by anything. You won't react to the circumstances of your life, the people in your life. This omniscience never reacts. It is always still, always at peace. The body, the ego, the mind reacts. And as you do this effortless effort of observing the source, right? You can resist the movement of mind. You can be still when the mind wants to move and develop the capacity to remain still as stillness regardless of what's going on. You don't want to react to outer circumstances. You don't want to follow the movement of mind to fix or change other people, to fix or change your children, your circumstances, your job. You really have to surrender all of that to discover this happiness, right? This omniscience that is pure joy. So surrender is essential. Silence is essential. And both surrender, silence, and self-inquiry is a purification of the mind. It's a removal of the veil of ignorance that hides this living truth that you are. So silence and self-inquiry, and then the mantra is essential. It's an essential ancient practice that affects a different part of your brain, right? It affects a different part of your brain than inquiry and silence. And what it does is it focuses your attention on the source, just like the question, who am I? But the mantra is infused with silence. It is a powerful energy. The mantra is satsang. It's sitting at the feet of God. That's what satsang means. And the more you go to satsang, the more you receive the grace and fire that satsang represents that allows you to deepen into the truth of your being, to experience lasting happiness all the time. So this is all the time happiness, not some of the time. 
So the mantra is essential, and in many, many satsang, teachers have rejected the mantra as a dualistic practice, that it's not necessary for awakening or full self-realization. And in one sense, that's true, because in the absolute truth, you are the omniscience, and omniscience needs nothing to be that. You are already that. And you cannot do anything to be what you already are, right? So in that sense, it's a true teaching that you don't need the mantra. But it's a false teaching from the perspective of the majority of people. Most people have thick karma, right? And it's karma is the veil of ignorance, the veil of samsara, the illusion of the world, right? The ego in the mind is the root of that. So this must be burned through. And the mantra has this power of silence. It's like a laser beam that burns through the vasanas, which are unconscious tendencies of mind that keep patterns of suffering returning over and over and over again. This is the primary reason that you can have a profound moment of awakening and then find yourself suffering again in ordinary life. Like you discover the bliss and then you tend to lose the bliss when you return to the problems of life because your attention shifts back to the problem. And the problem is the problem. There's no end to them. So you give your problems to God, surrender. Use inquiry as a redirection and purification of mind. And the mantra is powerful support for burning through these unconscious tendencies for burning through the root cause of suffering because the mantra naturally stops the mind and returns your attention to the source. It is the essential practice for the majority of people. There are rare instances where someone can come to one satsang and have a direct lasting recognition that they are the omniscience. But it's extremely rare. Most people have the awakened experience where they suddenly realize that they are not their mind, they're not their past or the future. They have a direct realization of the seer, the omniscience that they are. But the ego is strong. It is very strong. And it's left intact. So awakening for the majority of people does not equate to self-realization. It's not the same as full self-realization. Full self-realization only occurs when there is a complete annihilation of the genetic mind and ego. And naturally the genetic and mind and ego do not want to be annihilated. But this is essential to discover the lasting happiness in the core.
So the mantra is a powerful support for this because it does remove these things. It, it does affect a different part of your brain. But mostly it's your willingness to surrender and giving your attention to the omniscience versus giving your attention to the problems in your life. And all the masters have recognized the moment you surrender, you will be guided by the omniscience. The omniscience takes care of everything. It takes care of your finances. It takes care of what you need to be doing, where you need to go, because that's already predetermined anyway. You don't have to worry about that anymore. You give it to God. You give your body to God. You say, here. Because life moves so fast. 10 years, 15 years, 30 years can go by in an instant. And then suddenly your body is dying. The body dies and you start all over again. And again and again and again. This is the karmic wheel of suffering. So to end your suffering now, stop focusing on the problems. Stop strategizing, planning. Forget about that. And focus instead on the omniscience in your heart until that precious day, that precious moment where you fall so deep into that vastness that you realize there is nobody Sunyata, beyond all ideas of emptiness, you are the omniscience. And the more you identify with omniscience, the happier and happier you become. As the stateless state of pure joy, the causeless joy that you are. And there's no way to explain or describe this kind of happiness because it's not the emotion of happiness. It's always on, always here. You're unaffected. You don't react to your circumstances any longer. Nothing bothers you when you deeply realize that you are the omniscience. This is the nature of full self-realization. There's no opening and closing. The patterns of suffering don't return. The vasanas, the sankalpas, the desires, all of it has been burned through, right? There is no struggle. There is no fight. There's only peace and contentment regardless of what's happening. This is the nature of full self-realization. Constant bliss. No return to suffering. And this requires surrender letting go of control, surrendering to the source until you realize you are that source, you are that infinitude, you are the pure joy of being, right? The infinite love in your own heart. Surrender to that fully and be free. Thank you so much for listening. This is Koshi and I'll be talking to you again soon. Mm -hmm.